Christmas is such a wonderful time of the year. Joy and hope fill us to overflowing, and we're willing to give life a chance again. I know that we all try valiantly to resist the commercialism which threatens to overcome our celebration. But Christmas Eve, in this sanctuary, just three nights ago, was a commercial of the best kind, a witness to the mystery and love of God with us. Nobody knows exactly when, what day, what month, or even what year Christ was born. But we celebrate that once again, we are transformed by the coming of the Christ child, and we hope once more that the world will be changed by the power of the love of God made known in human flesh. Throughout the Advent season, worship planners try valiantly to keep us focused in our music and theology on the experience of waiting for the coming of the Messiah. This endeavor becomes harder and harder each year since carols and Christmas music fill the airwaves around us just after Halloween. The secular Christmas season would have us taking down the tree and all vestiges of our celebration as soon as the packages are unwrapped. But luckily, our celebration continues, and today we sing our joy and savor the fullness of a variety of words and music which will inspire our gladness. Now, each of you probably has a favorite carol, and Christmas wouldn't be complete unless you sing it. I can't offer us a Christmas sing-along, but I think it's important to think about the connections that those words and music make for us. The connections with special times and special people in our lives. But have you ever thought of a carol as a story? Have you ever read the words and read the theology of the words? Each carol offers the lyrics and images of a poet joined with a musician's melody which invite us to turn our minds and our hearts to the story of Christmas, as well as to the context of its composition. So as we worship today, I invite you to listen with a, an historic appreciation and contemporary wonder to the lessons of the carols, as well as to the reflections of some modern-day poets who inspire our believing. Our first hymn this morning was I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It's not one of those hymns, carols that we sing very much. It's not in our hymnal. But if you notice, the words to this particular carol were written by the famous poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Look back over those words. In his original poem, there were actually two additional verses that dealt directly with the realities of the American Civil War. 
these two verses are no longer included in the arrangements that we currently sing. But we can hear the poignancy and the pain of the times in the words of the original sixth stanza, which reads like this. It was as if an earthquake rent the heart stones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to all. The pealing of the bells drives the dark away and ushers in a new confidence that peace will come and good shall prevail. God is not dead, and we can believe that even as Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wanted us to believe it so many years ago. We share that hope today as we continue to worship the one true God who comes to us at Christmas. Madeline Langle is best known for her young adult fiction. Perhaps you or your children have read A Wrinkle in Time or A Swiftly Tilting Planet. But Lingle also wrote poetry. In her poem, The First Coming, she reminds us that if we wait until all is ready, we will wait forever. God didn't wait until we were ready. God came. Now is the time to sing. Now is the time to rejoice. Now is the time to reach out in love. Hear her words. He did not wait until the world was ready, till men and nations were at peace. He came when the heavens were unsteady and prisoners cried out for release. He did not wait for the perfect time. He came when the need was deep and great. He dined with sinners in all their grime, turned water into wine. He did not wait till hearts were pure. In joy, he came to a tarnished world of sin and doubt, to a world like ours of anguished shame. He came, and his light would not go out. He came to a world which did not mesh to heal its tangles, shield its scorn. In the mystery of the word made flesh, the maker of the stars was born. We cannot wait till the world is sane to raise our songs with joyful voice. For to share our grief, to touch our pain, he came with love. Rejoice, rejoice. Please remain seated and join in singing, What Child Is This?
Weems is a contemporary poet, the daughter of a Presbyterian minister. Her honest insights in a book of poetry called Kneeling in Bethlehem call us to a mature rather than a sentimental celebration of the coming of our Savior. Hear now her words in the poem, The Cross in the Manger. There is no cross. If there is no cross in the manger, there is no Christmas. If the babe didn't become an adult, there is no Bethlehem star. If there is no commitment in us, there are no wise men searching. If we offer no cup of cold water, there is no gold, no frankincense, no myrrh. If there is no praising God's name, there are no angels singing. If there is no spirit of alleluia, there are no shepherds watching. If there is no standing up, no speaking out, no risk, there is no Herod, no flight into Egypt. If there is no room in our inn, then Merry Christmas mocks the Christ child. And the Holy Family is just a holiday card. And God will loathe our feasts and festivals. For if there is no reconciliation, we cannot call Christ Prince of Peace. If there is no goodwill to others, it can all be packed away in boxes for another year. If there is no forgiveness in us, there is no cause for celebration. If we cannot go now unto Golgotha, there is no Christmas in us. If Christmas is not now, if Christ is not born into the everyday present, then what's all the noise about? The hymn and carol, Born in the Night, number 30 in your hymnal, is one of the newest and perhaps one of the least known carols in our hymnal. But at the same time, it's one of the most powerful and poignant. It was written by Geoffrey Angers in 1964, and the words capture the mood of the world and the struggle of our country at that time. The Civil Rights Movement put the hard realities of injustice squarely before us all. Change brought heartache, violence, fear. Families were pitted against each other, and the church was torn apart as the status quo waged war on those who stood for the light that had come into the darkness that we all felt. John F. Kennedy Jr. had been assassinated at the beginning of Advent the previous year, and Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy would be gunned down later in the decade. Cities were in flames, and our involvement in Vietnam was escalating with each passing day. 
LBJ had been president for a year. The Bay of Tonkin had attack came, and there was a war on, a war that the memorial here in our city commemorates as unfinished business for some and as a reminder of a wound that seems still ready, not ready to heal for others. This carol places the cradle and cross together in a similar way to Anne Weems' words, but in a way that no carol or other hymn does. Its words offer a prayer for the light of Christ to light our way in the darkness when towers fall, when planes are hijacked, when lives are lost in war, and when racism persists. And it yearns for the king of the earth to walk in the streets of our city where we can speak God's word to power. Through its haunting melody, the carol links us with the trials and tribulations of those of Jesus' day, while at the same time lifting us up with the same hope of a new day. Please remain seated as we sing carol number 30, no, sing verse 1, and we invite you to join us on verses 2 through 4. In the year 129, when Telesphorus, the Bishop of Rome, ordained the celebration of the Holy Night of the Nativity of our Lord and Savior, he also proclaimed 
that all shall solemnly sing the angel's hymn. In 129, with that decree, the angel's hymn became the first Christmas hymn of the Christian church and remains the basis of one of our most beloved carols. French legend tells us that shepherds in the country's southern hills watched their flocks on Christmas Eve and would call to each other across the fields and the hills, singing the words of the chorus, Gloria in excelsis Deo, which in Latin is glory to God in the highest. The verses were added in a French carol called Les Ans dans nos Compagnes, set to the music of a popular French carol from the 1850s. Our current version of Angels We Have Heard on High was translated in 1862 by James Chadwick, including its most memorable feature, the chorus. Perhaps one reason that this carol is such a favorite is that we actually know the chorus. So when we're out caroling with a group of friends and we finally get to the chorus, everyone can sing. When we get to the second stanza, things start to fall apart and the, only the better singers know the words until we get to the chorus again and together we belt it out. We don't have to be good singers to sing it enthusiastically. I watch on Christmas Eve those of you who never sing hymns in church join in this wonderful chorus. So why did the angels sing the Gloria? Why did the shepherds sing the Gloria? Why do we sing the Gloria? Remember the biblical story of the carol? The angels had come to the shepherds who were there in the fields watching their flocks at night and an angel of the Lord came to them. And the glory of the Lord was all around them, and the shepherds were much afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, hundreds, thousands of angels together singing Gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest. Why did they sing? Because they were announcing that the Christ child was for them, for those who were among the least and the lost. At first, the shepherds didn't understand. They didn't understand that the Christ child was for them. They had to know more, and they went to check it out in Bethlehem. When they arrived at the manger, they saw the child with his mother, and they finally understood that God had come in flesh for them. When they went away, 
glorifying God, singing the glory of themselves, and they went spreading the news to all that would listen. This inspiring carol helps us to sing with the angel because we also believe that the Christ child is for us. When we realize that the gift of eternal life is for us, that the gift of God's healing is for us, that the gift of God's forgiveness is for you, that the gift of a new birth of love is for all of us, then we too sing glory to God in the highest with our lives and with our love. Please stand and join your voices with the angels as we sing Angels We Have Heard on High. Christ is born. Alleluia. Amen. You may be seated. God is all about abundance, love that never wavers, mercy that never fails, 
Let us offer our gifts as generously as God does and with abundant love as thanksgiving to our God. 